Hey guys, welcome back to Honest Chat. This is JL, your host, and thank you for returning. Thank you for tuning in. If you're a returning listener, thank you for tuning in. If you are a first time listener, if you're a first time listener, this is the middle of a conversation that you're actually tuning in. So I encourage you to go back to the earlier episode, um, part one of this conversation on renewing the mind with Alex. Now, all the stuff that we talk about, at least most of the stuff that I can remember, will be linked in the description below. And um, just want to let you guys something really cool that is happening with our podcast. It, and it's that we are actually nearing a thousand downloads or a thousand plays over across 10 platforms. And so I'm thinking about doing something really fun, really cool um, for the when we hit a thousand plays let me know if you have some ideas of what would be something cool to do um i'm thinking a giveaway maybe if you'd like a voucher to your favorite coffee place or your favorite place to to go and shop that is something that we can look into but i'll probably have a competition in order for you to win that so i'm looking forward to that um so Leave a rate, leave a like, a subscribe, and share this with somebody that it might help. But without further ado, let's jump into part two of this conversation. I like your, um, I like your example of the, the lollies, the sweets, um, because so one of the things that I've been really now more, um, and I don't know, maybe I'm just a little bit weird with this stuff, but thinking about what it is some examples in our cultures today that serve as metaphors to help define some aspects of culture but that lolly mentality mm-hmm. of sweets were a treat but yep. now they're an everyday thing so you know when it comes to pleasure feeling good things like that that distract us mm-hmm. and, and putting off the stuff that's a little bit more like you know kids don't like vegetables kind of idea yeah is what we usually will go for if we're bored for example we have a a metaphorical lolly yeah to fill that void (laughs) you know and and so all that and so i like that idea and and the you know for any listeners who who are listening and you know i was thinking what if they they as soon as somebody says something like well when I was younger, we didn't used to do this, and they think, "Oh, here we go again," and yeah. all that kind of. But I, I think there is a little <clears throat> bit of, you know, of value in saying things like that yeah. because we, the nature of the kind of people that are coming through different generations, mm-hmm. and um, especially those who were intentionally, you know, working on their minds mm-hmm. and, and didn't have mm-hmm. certain mm-hmm. things versus the ones that are coming up through there is a marginal difference mm. and it can't we there can't just be this oh you're just saying that because you know you were born in the last generation yeah. or whatever yeah. but there is substance to what you're saying yeah. there because um there are living examples around yep um so the let's get on the the role of biblical thinking and you know, I mean, that's, for me, that takes me straight into the stuff that, you know, Jesus, Jesus says that is so, so heavy, so countercultural, yeah. so um, confronting. Mm. Um, 
that he expects that to be our default because mm. of obviously of Holy Spirit living mm. in us. Mm. Um, but he says this is the new, like if you, yeah. you're putting on the new man, yeah. um, it means turning on the other chick. Mm. That's your mm. default go-to. It means yeah. giving away your, your, mm. your, your coats mm. and whatever mm. when, you, when stuff gets stolen from you. Um, and I'm just mindful that sometimes it's easier to explain things away because we like seeing, like you said a little bit yep. earlier, because we like seeing we're more comfortable in it. Um, so the role of biblical thinking, what are your thoughts on that? And the heart, well, I would say the confronting words of Jesus that. Um, yes. Yeah. So I think, um, one, we have to know the word, obviously. Mm. Um, and, you know, there are people I get who aren't, into reading or whatever. So I've got to be careful as a teacher and, you know, someone who loves the word, you know, and study, studying mm-hmm. the word, yeah. that I don't impose that on other people because the reality is there are that I don't pray enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm terrible. I'm, I'm worse at prayer than I used to be, mm-hmm. actually. Um, so, you know, um, we can take our gifts or our strengths or our interests and impose that on. But nevertheless, we have to know what the Bible says. Yes. And so that's part of, if we're not a reader of the Bible, sitting under good biblical teaching, yeah. you know, um, and being in community and talking about it. Um, so that's one side of it. We've got to be careful we don't turn it into another legalism mm, though, thing, you yeah. know. Um, and so I think it's, <clears throat> pardon me, is really important that in as much as we're trying to live out Scripture, that we're also guided by the Spirit in that. In that, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, and not not using. Well, God hasn't told me to um, <laughs> tithe, so I'm not going to, or something like that. But that you know, there will be things that the Lord wants to work on us at different times. Yeah. Um. You know, so there might be things that we're not, you know, ready to do. That yeah. he, you know, um, uh, we we go through a progression of of stages of growth so that we become ready. And if we, you know, mm. if we're trying to run ahead of what God's wanting to do out of a sort of legalistic tendency, um, we're either going to fail or become a Pharisee. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. Jesus did what he saw the Father doing. Mm. Um, and interesting, Jesus didn't heal everyone. Very. Yeah. He healed everyone Very who came to him, but he didn't heal everyone around him who was. Not, and we know because. Peter and John go into the temple after Jesus has ascended. Um, you know, so after Pentecost, they go yeah. into the temple. There's a man there and he's, I can't remember, he's been lame, I think it was, for 30 years. Yeah. Well, you know, that was gut covered. He's in the temple. <laughs> Jesus had been in the temple. Yeah, been. And, you know, more recently than 30 years ago, you yeah. know. So this man would have been around when Jesus was around. Yeah, he would have. He, Jesus didn't heal him. Yeah. You know. Mm. Um, so Jesus did what he saw the Father doing. Um, so yeah, I think we need to do that. And it's also the, the, um, uh, the, the practical outworking of things that Jesus says, you know, you can, you can make a blanket statement about it, but you know, how, how does that apply in my situation? Um, um, so Jesus, yeah. Jesus says, you know, give you all you have to the poor and like, okay, well, I could just go randomly do that to everyone, leave myself destitute. But what if God has an assignment for me and wants me to be helping a yeah. particular person, yeah. you know, yeah. um, I don't, that's just my thought on yeah. that. Yeah, so, that's, that's great. Um, but you still have to be of the disposition that I'm going to obey Jesus and, yeah. you know, 
this is what the word says and so it's the word and the spirit yeah absolutely um it's not an excuse not to obey the word but it's just how we obey it I yeah think. applications yeah. vary yeah from person yeah. to person yeah yeah, <clears throat> yeah wow um have you, what's, who's has been the most influential person for you with regards to um, developing a biblical mindset? So a person who comes to mind is probably my best friend, actually. Yeah. We went to Bible college together and we've done mission trips together and had lots of deep and meaningfuls. Um, he's a man who actually he um, so you know talk about working out and and um, he felt as a teenager that Lord was calling him to uh, celibate life mm. and he's lived that out um, so he's my age 50 51 um, and you know he's the sort of guy who he's not everyone's cup of tea but he is very godly and mm. he you know he'll call me out. Uh, at times so that's part of it is that he will challenge me but it's also just um everything from when he's doing well you know it's like spiritual giant but when he's not he's very self-reflective so when he's not doing well he's honest about that as well and i find that a challenge even that he's not doing so well but he wants to and so this journey he does and you know so i find that helps me in my own walk as well so yeah, right. that's probably the single person I would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah wonderful. Um, I'd say I've learnt a lot from um, probably Pastor Josh mm. and Scott both together. Uh, just walking it out with Pastor Josh was my um, life group leader when I was in youth and still a teen. Yeah. And so he'd have us in small groups. And I think that for me, the the biggest thing that I've learned from him is that like you, he's not, he's not afraid to confront you about, about what, what this is all about. And, yeah. and if we're thinking, obviously our thinking comes through our behavior. If we're not thinking a way that, that is um, complementary to what Jesus says, he's, he's very, clear in bringing it back to what jesus is about like yep. you know this is what it's about that's not what jesus uh, jesus calls us to this um yep. so why don't we head head over to that and very gracefully as well yeah um and just to see him consistently do that for the 10 plus years that i've known him mm. um shows a great character um mm. as well and integrity so yeah that's been really uh, a, a massive massive um, massive help for me. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, is a is a doozy. We have a lot of young people heading to universities. Mm. Your own daughter being one of them. Yep. Um, heading to universities and universities today, are, a lot of them don't employ biblical thinking. Mm. Though the idea of universities and all that. <clears throat> You know that and schooling that was yep. heavily influenced by Christian, yeah, um, um, Christian thought practice. I mean, you know, well, the first universities <laughs> were founded by churches. By, so, by yeah. churches, um, yeah. one of those being Harvard, one of the most mm. prestige in America. 
but they've departed a little bit from that and universities have a uh, a massive influence you yep. know on the on the thought on today's thoughts so um Because it clashes a lot. What's your take on it? Mm. Because it clashes a lot with Christian thinking. Um, but I don't know how much Christian thinking is recognized in today's world. Or it's heading towards, at least in yeah. Australia, it's headed towards a post-Christian, I would say, or post-modern Definitely. kind yeah. of culture. Um, your thoughts? So, yeah, the university, of course, I'm, it's 20, 30 20 years since I was in a university, but yeah, I've got two kids at uni. Um, I think it partly depends on the course you're doing. So my daughter is doing maths and computer science. So, you know, the hard stuff. Yeah. (laughs) You can't be too postmodern about that. (laughs) Doesn't matter how much you want to make two and two equal five. It doesn't work. Um, But on the other hand, she's done philosophy Philosophy, as broadening units. Which yeah. is really enjoyed, and that's been interesting listening to her, because um, you know they've done ethics, and part of it is um, Chris, uh, divine command theory is uh, the idea that God something is right because God commands it, mm. and there's a whole bunch of discussion goes around that. Not not for now. So so that that's been good because it's been looking at different frameworks rather than saying this one's right, this one's wrong. So it broadened her understanding. Yeah. But um. You know, I think it's worse in the liberal arts, like um, probably you know English, all mm-hmm. those illiterate, all those sorts of things. I mean, because now we've got feminist studies. I mean, what do you do? I don't know. What do, what do you do with feminist studies? I haven't gotten to that yet. Well, you know what they <laughs> say. They say engineers say, "How does it work?" Accountants say, "How much does it cost?" And arts students say, "Do you want chips with that?" <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, any art um. students listening. You know, because because anyway. Um, you know, and, and things like, uh, look, I don't know, I, I, um, I'm not saying a Christian can't do feminist studies, but it's like, it, it, it comes from a non-Christian framework. Mm. It's based, a lot of modern feminism is based on Marxist ideology that's been repackaged and stuff like that. Mm. So, um, <clears throat> I think it does depend on the course you're in, Yeah. Um, but you do need to be aware of it. So I think it is... Um, and, and I think there's a certain amount, because, you know, we need people in, you know, English. We need people. We, do. we need Christians we do. Um, who are able to engage in that and to think and to teach and, and, and all that stuff. Mm. So what do you do? I think, first of all, it is being um, being prepared to be challenged. And I think this is a bigger challenge for kids who have gone through Christian schools. Yeah. Um, you know, my daughter, my, my kids all went through the government system. So, yeah. you know, it's it's not like this big sudden shock out there in the world, yeah. whereas I think it can be. I've, I've heard of it being so for kids who have been raised in Christian schools, Christian family, so the Christian bubble, mm. and suddenly you're exposed to all this sort of stuff and it can be yeah. a shock. Yeah. Um, so you need to you need to be aware that there are, there are differences, actually, you know. Um, <clears throat> And, you know, I think it is to engage what is actually behind this. Um, you might need to do a little bit of research, and I, I'm not quite sure where to go with that. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, when you're hearing things, you've got to dig, talk to people you yeah. trust, do a bit of extra reading or, you know, 
look up YouTubers or, or you know who you might not agree with. Try and get you know, yeah. Um, do a bit of perhaps research on the discipline, mm. but then um, so that's just uh, almost knowing your enemy if if that's what it is, if it's an enemy thing. Yeah. Um, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's just different. <laughs> So I don't want to set this up as adversarial, but the reality is some of it is. Some of it is openly hostile to Christianity and we've yeah. just got a... Um, Very conflicting yeah. thoughts. Know what you believe as a Christian mm. and not just what you believe because Christians believe some really bad stuff, what the Bible teaches. Yes. And not just what we believe, but why we believe it. Yeah. Because um, you... You can say you believe in six-day creation and you don't believe in evolution, but you know if you don't know why you believe that, it says, yeah. well, that's what I've been taught. Yeah. Or that's what the Bible says. And then someone comes along with an alternative interpretation of the yeah. Bible or something like that. And you haven't been exposed to any of this. It can really rock you rock and you. you can just be you know, deer in the headlights. You don't know how to answer. Mm. And people lose their faith unnecessarily, mm, you know. Absolutely. So it, it, it is hard work. If, if you're going to go to university and be exposed and engaging with these things, you need to be prepared. It's yeah. not it's not for the spiritually lazy or idle. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing, though, is also just to remember that, you know, you're there for three, four years. Four years, yeah. yeah. You, if, if, you, if you want to do this, just play the game to a certain extent. It's, mm. not, it's not compromise. So I'm, I'm certainly not talking about compromising. And I'm not talking about being silent when you need to speak up. But, you know, sometimes Christians can be quite adversarial and, and make a problem when there's Without not really a problem. You know, yeah. I think yeah. I think part of what we have to remember is renewal of the mind. We're probably talking about renewal of... Well, we, we have thought, talked a little bit about renewal of the mind is about the way we think, you yeah. know, and um, the, the worldview is mixed up in there. Remembering that we are moving into a post-Christian society. And, you know, one of the things um, sort of the generation before me and to a lesser extent my generation grew up with was this assumption that we are a Christian society Mm -hmm. and we impose Christian morals on society. And society's moved right past that now. And so remembering that we are in a pluralistic society. Yeah. And... um, we can say it's God's world and God reigns and all that sort of thing. That's absolutely true. Yes, he does. But nevertheless, we're, um, rather than th- thinking, it, there's two, two sometimes worldviews of the way Christians view themselves in the world. One is as Israel, right? Yeah. And so the, 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 the pious Jews who lived in Israel, um, it was a theocracy. Yeah. And this conformity is expected. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the... the the law is almost like, you know, the, the, the five books of the law are almost like a constitution right. for Israel. Yeah. But then they get moved to Babylon and everything's different. Now they're a minority living yeah. in a hostile land. Um, and they it, and it was in the exile that they completely reshaped. You know, so that's where the synagogues and rab, rabbinical tradition is okay. birthed and that sort of thing. Yeah. And so it's more helpful for us to think of ourselves as people in egg, living in the exile yeah. rather than living in the land, I think. That's right. Um, so you know, just some of those little things, in, as we approach things, and and how do we, how do we approach this culture? And, yeah. And the thought forms in the culture, and realizing, you know, get ready for, um, you know, don't go making trouble. But the reality is, trouble will find us. So we have to be ready. Part of part of having the mind of Christ is being ready for persecution. Yeah. You know mm. that sort of thing. Mm. <clears throat> wow. That was very deep. You went very deep there for a minute. Okay. And 
I'm trying to trace myself back through, okay. through those thoughts. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but I do agree with you that the world is the thinking world and the world, um, at least the, the part that helps to influence the narrative of our society yeah. and how we talk about things and how we define things is changing and there's a lot of it has moved post-Christianity. Um, but it's not excuse or such a big barrier that we can't engage with other people who think no. differently without feeling like because of the general way and the general stream is going, mm. that means we have to go um, that way. Again, going back to, you know, this is why we've got to, we got to know what we believe, why we yeah. believe it. Yeah. Um, and so... So I just um, dive on. in there for a minute too, because if you know why you believe what you believe, um, and you're not just parroting back what you you were taught in Sunday school, heard, yeah. but you've actually moved into adulthood. You mm. know, there's nothing wrong with we need Sunday school, but that's milk. You need to eat meat. Yeah. You know, and if you're going to uni, by the time you're at uni, if you haven't started eating meat, you better get used to it because that's what they're going to feed that's you. And some is, of it's so. rancid, but um, <laughs> you know, you're you're going to unless you're in a specific, you know, fairly rarefied, you know, like philosophy or something like that. Most people aren't thinking this yeah. stuff. They're just imbibing what they've been given. And if yeah. you can learn some critical thinking, some um, you know, arguments for the faith, understand why you're probably going to walk all yeah. over them. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So you know they 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 have to um, revert to playing the man, not the ball. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and that's why I think there is so much ridicule and mocking and howling yeah. down because they don't have arguments. All they've got is, mm. I hate you. You're you know, is all they've got it's is abuse. Man. Yeah. Because yeah. there's no truth. There's no substance behind it. Mm. So, <clears throat> um, I had thought about. I thought about this a little bit, and, and part of it, I think, I think maybe has been embedded in some of the talk that you've been talking about when it mm. comes to relating to other people. So the whole idea of subliminal messages, mm-hmm. right? So, which takes you know takes us yeah. into our next point. But we have sayings, we have ways of thinking about things that are not necessarily rooted in in the Bible and the words and the teachings of Jesus. And so we set up our lives because of how we think yep. uh, and out of how we think. But have you ever identified things or sayings that are not rooted in Christ's saying or in biblical thinking, uh, but perhaps come from one of the more um, you know, well-known cultures and ways of thought that we've adopted is actually Greek thinking um, that has influence. So, um, you know, are, are there some like that that you've you've identified that, you know, have subliminally been <laughs> you know, washed over into society? Oh, look, it's hard to... I can't... I mean, I keep going to philosophical things because that's sort of... I listen to stuff... Philosophical like things. Yeah... Um, maybe not Greek, but I think, um, let me bring it forward to the Enlightenment. We, we live very much in the, the Enlightenment, modernism, okay. yep. even though yep. we yep. are the postmodernism is a child of, of modernism. Mm. And what modernism, and you know, it was it look back to the Greek, I think out of modernism is very much a rationality. Even though we're moving beyond that, I mean, we're, we're becoming quite a non-rational society <laughs> Very in many ways. Absolutely. Um, 
but individualism. Yes. Um, we live in a hyper-individualistic society. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, so whether it's abortion or euthanasia mm. or, um, you know, particularly the big subjects, mm. um, the the idea behind that is, is individualism. There's no sort of community... Um, there's no accountability. There's no sense of transcendence in any of mm. these arguments. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's a worldview thing. And, you know, okay, that's the world that's out there. But we as Christians have to remember and do see this in, in the church, you know, um, in, in other ways. Yeah. Um, that we are not... Individualism is a worldview. It is a way of seeing the world that the, the individual is, is primary. And, of course, we don't believe that. You know, God is primary. Um, we need to see ourselves as um, we, we see it in the church with it comes out in our songs. And, and you know, this dear old lady once um, and I've heard it in other places about the bride of Christ. And she said, oh, you know, she'd lost her husband and godly lady. But, you know, I've got to oh, just, you know, Christ, my husband, man sort of thing is what she used. And I'm like, yeah. I didn't say anything, but I'm like. No, Christ's not your husband. Christ is a husband to the church. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so we are the bride of Christ. I am I am not the bride of Christ. Mm, we are. We are. You know? Um, Collectively. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so we, yeah. you know, it's that's a, probably comes um, a lot more naturally to non-Western cultures than it does to Western, but that's that's what we've been birthed in mm. as Westerners. Yeah. Um, and... Um, so yeah, that that comes out in all sorts of ways, mm. uh, rights, that sort of thing. Um, you know, what what are human rights based in? It's, <laughs> you know, our our value as humans isn't based in myself, but in God. That's you right. know, yeah. Um, and the other thing though is, is then looking and th- and this is weird, but you know, the dominant ethic has moved from um, truth based to feelings based. Yes, that's right. And um, you know, very obviously, so that. Um, it's no longer is is you know it used to be a speech, you know inciting hatred or you know um, slanderous or something like that. Now it's does it hurt someone? Mm. You know so, um, and I think um, you know some of the debate around transgender language and 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 stuff around that. I mean I think we need to treat yeah. everyone with compassion, but yeah. you know it's like the whole of society has to be bent. Because a few people might be hurt, mm. you know, it's mm. like, that's just ridiculous. It's, yeah. it's not based on truth. It's yeah. not based on any sort of objectivity or any sort of rationality. It's yeah. based purely and simply on feelings. Um, and because we ultimately, you know, we've got this mixture as human beings of both the rational and the not, we're completely irrational. Yeah. We're capable of, we can figure out the universe, you know, we do these massive equations, <laughs> we can talk about quantum physics and, and, we can, and yet we can't we figure can, ourselves you out. Know, <laughs> we're completely irrational beings. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so, uh, what yeah. a great mystery. That, <laughs> Isn't um. it? I mean, it is good. I mean, I love it, but it means that if the pendulum swings, you know, the pendulum can swing yeah. too far to the rational yeah. and too far to the non-rational. Yeah. And it sort of does both at the same time, yeah. depending which part of society you're looking right. at sometimes. Yeah. Mm. Um, and of course, you know, Jesus is truth. I mean, this is what it's, it's always this balance in the scripture of word and truth. Those yeah. who worship the father, worship him in spirit and, and in, in truth. truth. Yeah. We have to hold both intentions. And this is where we need to do it mm. in community because not everybody, not every individual does, um, 
the, the, the non-rational well. so well, and not yeah. every individual does it rational so well. But when we come together, then as a community, we hold that. Mm. Mm. Everyone doing what God has gifted them and wired them to be and to do, yeah. humbly submitting to one another, yeah. um, you know, uh, then it's a beautiful thing. Mm. So Yeah, awesome. I um, While studying counseling, actually, that's one of the biggest ideas that has come through the enlightenment period, but that the individualistic based mm. thing. And so um, then that worldview, like you say, it actually ends up filtering even how we look at the Bible itself mm. because, um, you know, one of the more influential people as well for me has been John Piper. And I heard a sermon um, that he preached and he asked a, quite a deep question, which I didn't think was that deep at the time. I think it was just really complicated at the time. I didn't know how to think about what he thought about and he presented. But the idea of, if we look at it from an individualistic point of view, John 3.16 is about me. But it's not. So the question that he posed was, do you... Along the lines, I'm paraphrasing... Do you love God because he makes much of you? Or do you love God because he makes much of you? That gives you the opportunity to make much of him. Mm. Um, and so he goes on mm. and actually really unpacks this in a, in a really, um, really deep way and meaningful mm. way. And I appreciate the layers and layers of his long yeah, <laughs> found I really knowledge. appreciate I haven't read um, I've read one book that was really uh, impacting on and on that because this mm, is his theme about the glory of God absolutely you know? um, yeah yeah and, and it's in it's in you know we're most satisfied when God is that's most right. glorified that's basically. right that's is right that his, how his catchphrase yes. goes yeah. Christian hedonism yeah, yeah. Um, he calls it and yeah. yeah just his thought is again bringing it back mm. to God and so um, using individualism as one of those things that we filter things through, for example, is, well, yeah, God loves me. Why? Mm. <laughs> Asking that question. <laughs> Why does he? And the other thing is that I heard him talk a little bit about and do a little bit of a Q&A about whether or not God is egotistical which is obviously and you know let's talk about the glory of god another time and how we we think about mm. why god does what he does which interpreted through individualism well why isn't it about me god because mm. it's not that's a reality and that's the truth um but god does love us god <laughs> does do that yeah. and so yeah just really interesting and um ways that this just this is small things that have been creeping in through culture also can creep yeah. in through how we think and just being guarded and really mindful. Like, am I reading this through uh, yeah. my own mind or am I reading this through actually how Holy Spirit is inspiring yeah. it? Because at the end of the day, it's not that Jesus died for perfect people. He died for sinners who need his transformation. Mm -hmm. That means yeah. we can't, we already are at a disadvantage. And when we come up against scripture, it's it's holy spirit help me yeah <laughs> help me absolutely. let this come into yeah. me and, and and transform me so um i suppose then the you talked about the layers of thinking and changing our minds i think that um uh, maybe going down deeper to the deepest level is the the part of the heart where yeah. we allow it to change us yeah um because we can think about what we think about and still be puffed in our minds and in our heads absolutely 
but a true transformed life from a renewed mind that's completely different um yeah different we have to remember that you know that what we do is only cooperating with the holy spirit Absolutely. it's a lot it's the holy spirit who yep. brings us to life it's yep. the holy spirit who puts a new heart in us you yep. know so um yeah that has to be yeah it, it's it's ultimately god's work yep. we're just cooperating with him in mm. yeah brilliant yeah um any books you'd recommend on the topic no, I, I was thinking of this before and I can't really, I haven't done a whole lot on renewing the mind. I think what I would say is just read books, read mostly Christian books. Mm. But I'm not, you know, I think, even though I don't a lot, honestly, I think Christians should read non-Christian books. Absolutely. But, yeah. um, and I don't, I'm not a Bible only person. I'm a Bible mm. first person. Yeah. Um, but read uh, read books with depth there's a lot mm. of um self-help yeah. christian books out there that are fluff mm. you know yeah and they'll make you feel better but if you really want to be transformed you know you need to be thinking deeply yeah um and and books that challenge yeah so um you know but again this is i'm probably talking to a certain sort of person yeah in this as well yeah. so there's some people that you know don't you know <laughs> Because some not, books can actually end up taking you. Well, there is, yeah, that's so right. You, you know, yeah. there there is that. I mean, it has um, to be done with wisdom. But, and and some people look. We've we've all got different wiring, yeah, right? Yeah. And so you give me a hammer and a saw, and I'm going to wreck something. I'm yeah. a klutz when it comes to yeah. fixing things. I have put up a, a, a bathroom cabinet in our in our ensuite, and I lined it up. I got the level out. I drilled the holes, and it's crooked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, not your tools. Not, my, not you know, your tools. I, I am more a word person, a book person. Yeah. yeah. Um, but not everyone is. Yeah. And you know that's. Uh, um, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you need to engage at a level um, that you can. But if you're going to engage intellectual, I mean, you know, so yeah, my yeah. bent is towards books and reading and that sort of thing. But awesome. you know, that's not. You don't have to read to have. You, you need. You have to be in God to have your mind transformed. Absolutely. Um, so um, you know, I'd, I'd just be saying reading, listening if you can't. Yes. If you If you you know dyslexia or just I just you know have have trouble concentrating or whatever listen listen you know there's yeah, heaps of absolutely. audio books yeah. um, mm. and see what reading the right things does too reading uh, historical you know the Christian yeah. history or whatever it, it um, in, in terms of renewing our mind sometimes mm. it's just um, giving us a different perspective yes, on things absolutely. Uh, so you know reading broadly yeah. and deeply and all that sort of stuff awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. One of the things I really appreciate about you is just your, um, your humility in, in, in keeping on growing and teachability, like you're still pursuing and and still doing it. So, and, and I think that perhaps one of the more, um, universal things, which you're practicing already is that the whole meditating on the word and by memorizing, committing into memory. I think that was one of the biggest you know, because a lot of what we have today is oral tradition um, that has been passed down. Even you know, the part of the Bible, first a lot of the first half of the Bible was passed down orally, and then you know, written written down. And so, you know, Jewish kids had to they had to memorize the first five books of the Bible, and so that's how you knew the law. That's how you knew how to 
um, thing. And so that would have done, um, you know, even the first five books, there are some quite, you know, confronting things in mm. there, which the thoughts that God shares with people, they're alone. If we think on them and we keep meditating on them, yep. they're, they're bound to do something and, and mold and shape yeah, us into it. Absolutely. Um, and so I think, you know, maybe there's, maybe there's that. It might be a verse a day for somebody. Um, I, I know, recently, so. look, I, I, this has become a passion of mine. I just mm. really, you know, I grew up in Sunday school when memorize, scripture memorization was encouraged. Yeah. You went away, you got prizes if you yeah. memorized your verses and that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. When I was a young man, I said, did I say at the beginning of the podcast, I memorized Ephesians in my... Um, no, early, you didn't. No, I memorized you, Ephesians wow. in my early 20s. And I've done a little bit since then. Um, but I really, you know, as I'm looking back, I'm, I turn 50 next year, so you sort of take stock, and I really wish that I had kept up that regime because I'd probably have most of the New Testament done now. Yeah. Yeah, so my plan now is um, I'm, I'm revising Ephesians. I've done, done the sermon, I'm revising Ephesians. My next, I'm going to memorize Romans. Yeah, get my game up. <laughs> get my game up. So I was, uh, I'm me. assuming that most of your, your uh, listeners are um, a lot less than yeah. 50. And I really want to encourage you to those those daily disciplines that sometimes you think, oh, you know, what's the yeah. point or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're 50 and you've got the New Testament or the Old Testament, I, I heard of a guy who went to a Jewish seminary, a Christian who went to a Jewish seminary, and he was the only only student there. So it was Orthodox Jewish, I think. He was mm. the, anyway. He was the only student there who hadn't had didn't have the whole Old Testament memorized. Wow! <laughs> wow! You know, it feels so out of depth. It's like I know the Lord. Like, oh, but... Where am I going to find the time to do that? Well, turn off Netflix. You know, <laughs> it actually. You know, there, there's ways of doing it. So for yeah. me, like I say, I'm in the car a lot. So I'm, um, I've been reciting the Sermon on the Mount every yeah. day. Or, or most day, not every day. There's yeah, days I miss, yeah. you know. Wow. And so, but you'd set a verse a day. I mean, that's going to be my thing with Romans. Yeah. It'll take me two years to do it. It's very deep. You know, yeah. but by the end that's of awesome. it, man, I'll have Romans in me, man. Yes. Yeah. That's and, awesome. And, yeah, you yeah. know. So, um, you know, and so whatever it is, you know, I've, I've been terrible. Uh, uni spoiled me for reading. I have, I have, I've had trouble reading since then. And plus I have trouble sleeping. So I have tiredness issues and stuff. But, you know, I just look back at this and thinking if I could go back and mm. tell myself as a young man, just do, you know, I'm, I'm making a slapping around the face <laughs> motion, <laughs> listeners. Um, but, you know, just just do it. You know, yeah. even 15 minutes of reading a Absolutely. day. You know, you'll it read a library well. by the end of it. And, mm. and it's not just that, hey, I've achieved this. It's in, in storing this up and if you've got the right heart and it shapes your thinking and that, and you become a resource for other people. Absolutely. This is the thing. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm going on a tangent here no, Jay, but with the Bible college starting next year and I've real, you know, I've wrestled with ministry and suddenly I, I get this and I realize this is probably what I, if I was doing it again, I'd focus on, on this because Brilliant. it's what God's put in me Brilliant. and it's, it's, it's not, you know, sometimes it can feel selfish. So yeah. you need to be led by the spirit and yeah. guided by the advice of counselors and so on. But it's you become a resource for the church yeah. if, if you're doing if if you're moving in the areas that you know of 
passion and strength as God leads you. Yes. Sometimes he does want to stretch us outside. You yes. know, he doesn't want us in a rut. He wants to teach us new things and put us in places where we're dependent on him. Mm. But um, and, and sometimes there's ancillary things that will bolster yes, where your primary absolutely. strengths are that are way out of your comfort zone. Yep. But it's in that that we become yeah. a resource to the church awesome. and a gift, yep. you know. Um, the fivefold ministry, they're, mm-hmm. they're not giftings that those people have. Those people are the gift to the church. That's right. So if we can be that, um, yeah. you know, so. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> very insightful. Um, very good. Wow. Favorite color? Favorite color, blue. I'm just going to. <laughs> nowadays I go with blue. If I'm playing a game yeah. and there's a blue piece and I get it, I go blue. <laughs> yeah. Well, wonderful. Thanks, Alex. That's really insightful. You're um, welcome. It's good. Oh, man. That's a lot to think about. And um, yeah. No worries. We'll be back for another one. Fantastic. In the future. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> Hey guys, that's the end of today's podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Thank you for returning if you're a returning listener. If you're new, we drop an episode every single Tuesday, unless I'm on holidays and I haven't been on holidays for a long time. As far as I can remember, it's been continuous. So I hope this has blessed you. Let me know how it's impacting you. And um, something really cool as well that I will share in the next episode is that we are nearing a thousand plays across 10 platforms with this podcast. So it's really getting out there and we are barely, we haven't even hit 50 episodes and that's really encouraging to me. So leave a review, leave a rate, a like, a comment, let me know how it's impacting you and as always share this. Um, And we'll see you next Tuesday.